Hello, this guy's name is Ben. Hello. My name is Pez, and this is One Name at a Time, the podcast where us two look at Premier League players that fit a certain criteria and put them into a, a starting eleven. Uh, this week's criteria is Norway. Uh, so that's any players who are eligible to play for Norway or have played for Norway um, who have played in the Premier League. They all get a, a mention here if they're good enough. Be in the Premier League, we'll put them into a 4-4-2 and we get four honourable mentions for goalkeeper, defender, midfielder and a striker for our subs bench. Try to think of what other sort of rules and regulations that we put on ourselves. But um, that's, that's that's the gist of it. It's what we normally do. We're up to episode 28 now. We're, we're getting good at this-ish. <laughs> And probably at least 20 of those, right, have been national team ones. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're pretty seasoned in, in, in these ones. <laughs> so um, without further ado, would you like to name a goalkeeper? I would, um, if I could pronounce uh, his name. <laughs> um, I've gone for, I'll wait for it, Eric Thorstvet. Is, I don't know if that's how you say it. That's the name um, I've got written down as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So um, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I was saying to you before we started recording that um, the goalkeeper I've gone for this week isn't one I'm familiar with, must have been before my time. The main reason I've gone for him is he made 97 caps for the Norway uh, national side, which was a lot more than any of the other uh, goal- Norwegian goalkeepers who've played in the Premier League that I could find. He also uh, played for Tottenham. He made over 170 appearances in the league for them. Apparently, he scored one goal in the league as well, which I'm surprised that I don't recognise his name because obviously I would have thought, you know, a goalkeeper scoring in the Premier League would be quite a big deal. Um, so that's kind of surprising. But um, I also have down that he made over 280 uh, league appearances in his career. Again, scoring three goals. Part of me is now wondering whether I've written down the wrong name. But um, uh, he also played for Mönchengladbach, who obviously are a German side currently in the Bundesliga. I'm not sure whether they were when he played, but um, if they were, that's a pretty good level as well. So 200 plus appearances at good levels, as well as almost 100 caps for the national team is probably the best I could, uh, you can do this week. Yeah, I mean, that, that's who I went with as well, pretty much for the same kind of reasons. I, I did recognise the name. I don't know why. I don't know whether he played in like FA Cup final and I just recognise his name from like looking at a lineup or something um, but apparently according to Wikipedia he was the first Norwegian to play in the Premier League so it's a brilliant place to start off with oh, for brilliant. this team um, well, number one is the first Norwegian to play in the Premier League yeah that's, that's, that's quite good yeah he, he was at Tottenham for a fair bit before the Premier League came about I think that's where he actually scored his goals so I don't think it was a Premier League one but it was definitely like the English top flight um, but yeah 97 caps FA Cup winner Pretty consistent looking at like the stats that were available, pretty consistent start for Spurs during a you know, that that sort of early nineties period. So yeah, he, he must have been alright. Again, it's not a player that I can say I, I necessarily saw, but I, I definitely recognise the name, which was was better than some some of the others. Because like when when we first like think of teams to do, I'll have in my head like ideas of who will have like play for certain positions and like, a lot of them you just go like yeah, France, Holland. Germany you've immediately got at least two or three names in your head I it took me ages to figure out anyone for Norway and ultimately there was there was a few other options but the the one that I eventually stumbled onto was Thomas Myra yeah um, who I've gone for as my bench option more for familiarity than anything else um yeah 56 caps for him playing the Premier League on and off for about 10 years um I sort of remember him being maybe a bit more of a backup um but when yeah I'd, I'd, I'd never sort of again it's like you know you don't associate the goalkeeper with a mistake that that's a good enough sign for a backup like he, he, I don't think he ever sort of disgraced himself but he was always like at a Premier League team for most of the time that I was really like growing up with football so it was a name that I definitely recognised and um, was eventually who I came upon before I started searching through and yeah Thorsved came up and I thought yeah that's a, a much better option as could arguably be I think it's Frode Grodos or Grodos or something. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Um, he's got 50 caps, played for a season in the Premier League in the mid-90s, also won an FA Cup. I'm not entirely sure who he was with. Maybe it was with Chelsea, someone like that. But I really can't speak as much about him. Like, I, I didn't even really recognise his name as opposed to Thorsvets, who I did. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, like my two keepers had to be... One of them I had to at least recognise, right? And Myra is someone who I, like, sort of the two names that, um, for me, 
came to mind when I thought about Norwegian goalkeepers. One was Thomas Myra, who, like you said, was sort of probably never out and out first choice at any clubs, but always kind of in contention at a number of Premier League clubs for a long time. And again, you know, not a play. You know, if you saw him starting in goal for your, your opposition, you wouldn't be like, yeah, we're you know, pretty weak goalkeeper today. You know, it was always pretty steady. Um, the other name that sprung to mind was a, a really weird one, and I think comes back from the Stickerbook days. Uh, Espen Bardson, mm-hmm. who um, was Tottenham sub goalkeeper, like end of the nineties, beginning of the noughties. I'm not sure why he sticks in my memory. I must have been something like I just it, maybe he was like one of the last stickers I needed or something. It was like, you know, yes, Espen Bardson. Um, I always like a name that kind of rhymes a little bit, and that, that yeah, so that, that sticks yeah. in Espen, Espen Bardson. It sounds yeah, good, doesn't I mean, it? <laughs> him and Jesper Blumfist, as as we mentioned last week, were um, names that I liked a lot when I was like ten. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he he was sort of the other one that came to mind but when I obviously looked at his career I I can realistically put him in this team yeah yeah same here like I said Mario was more of a backup like Barton was like definitely a backup yeah Um, yeah I've I've got one other who I'll just throw in I don't know if there are any more but this was the like the last one that I found and it's Orion Nyland who was at Villa last season Um, I think the main thing I remember from him is that he like they they had like an issue with like the, the goal line technology and he made a save, but the goal on technology said that he took it over the line, but he didn't. I think that's the only memory I have of him. I think it was maybe, was it Bournemouth or someone? Like, I, I can't even remember. I feel like there was a whole thing with Sheffield United and Villa last season, but I can't remember exactly what it was, whether it was given as a goal or whether it wasn't. Um, yeah, there was, there was something that basically ended it, like it, the, that game, if it had ended without that goal being given, would have been points for Bournemouth to stay. I don't know. It was it was something. It was a whole brouhaha. But that's literally the only like memory I have of, the, of that player. Which um, yeah, it doesn't put him in good light, does it? <laughs> yeah, and I mean Villa last season obviously brought in Heaton, and um, then he got injured, didn't they? And they had a bit of a goalkeeping crisis. And I think he was one of the ones that came in to try and resolve that. And then ultimately they went and got Pepe Reina. So yeah, it obviously didn't quite make the grade at Villa last season. Uh, so moving into right back, which is is your your turn this week. Uh, who have you who have you gone for? <laughs> um, it seems to be like every time I do right back, there's a, a, at least a couple of, of okay options. I mean, I, I actually recognise all of the names that I had wow. on, to play with, which is is good. Um, I went with it's the more recent one. It, I don't know whether it is a, a recency bias, but. Um, yeah, it, it's one that I'm definitely more familiar with having seen play, even though I definitely did see the other two play. Um, and it's Harvard Nortvite. Okay. Um, oh, that's yeah. not even a name I have down. Really? I don't think so, unless I put him in another position. <laughs> you could do. I, I, I seem to remember him being relatively versatile. Um, he was at West Ham and Fulham, kind of like a season each, uh, between like 2016 and 2019. I mostly know him from playing in the Bundesliga. And yeah, he, he was pretty consistent for, I think it was probably also Gladbach as well. Like it, they're, they're one of those teams that seem to have a load of players. Um, but yeah, I, I just went with him because it he he was one that I was more familiar with from a, a more recent point. And well, yeah, he's, he's the second most capped option that I had. So he's definitely been in consideration for the national team more than one of the others. He got 52 caps, two goals. Yeah, I just thought playing at like, you know, Bundesliga and Premier League pretty consistently was as, as good an argument as, as any than the others who I think maybe played in like the, the Scandinavian leagues a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have him down. I do know who you're referring to. Um, I don't know whether I knew that they played right back. I think in my head they were a more central player, but fair enough, like not someone I'm overly familiar with. I ended up going for another player who I'm not overly familiar with, who I really hope was a right back now. I'm just going to double check that. I went for, drumroll please, yeah. Okay. Um, Gunnar Haller. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Who uh, was a right back according to Wikipedia? The name rings a bell. I feel like it's because he's a manager, though. Though having said that, it doesn't look like he's managed anyone that notable. So I don't know why I would have thought that. But um, 
there's obviously something in there that makes makes him stand out to me. Uh, he played. I've got that he played for Oldham most significantly, obviously in the early years of the Premier League. But he did also play for Leeds um, and Bradford um, and Wolves as well. But I don't think that was in the Premier League. Main reason I put it: sixty-four caps, five goals, and you know, over two hundred appearances in in the in the league in the sort of English league, English top division. Over five hundred appearances in his career just seemed to me to be the most even though I, I can't really tell you much about him for a sort of out and out right back that seemed to be the best I had <laughs> yeah the other names I had again were similar Omar Aleb Deleu um, I had down as an option apparently more recent he played for Holland the Premier League but only like nine times um, 47 caps for him over 250 appearances in total he's played for um a couple of different clubs, uh, Olympiacos and Galatasaray among them, but can we tell you much about him? If he didn't, he didn't seem like he really made the grade at Hull, so mm. that's probably why I went for Gunnar Haller over him. And Vergard Hegem, who yeah. again, I yeah. think may have been an older one as well for Liverpool. Um, only 20 caps for him, only 50 on appearances for Liverpool, and not that many appearances in his career. But I was a bit, I don't know, I was a bit short on options. So um, ultimately, he went for Gunnar Haller because he had the most caps and the most appearances in the Premier League. Was yeah, that, that's, that's as good an argument as, as, as any, really. Yeah, Haller was one, I mean, my dad was a Leeds fan. Um, so I kind of have a bit more knowledge of like Leeds players from when I was growing up. And I definitely remember Gunnar Haller being there alongside another Norwegian who we might mention him in the field. So yeah, it's definitely a name that I recognise. Like I said, he, he does have more caps than Nordvite, Um, so completely understand the the reasoning there. Um, I just have seen more of Nordvite in in like you know the Bundesliga within the past ten years, basically. Um, yeah, yeah Vegard Hegem was just part of that. Like, I don't know if he was in that sort of like I think you called it the other the other week the the shit treble Liverpool yeah. team, but he definitely wasn't you know a starter for them when they had like. Honcho and Huppia and you know like that was like the the defense back there. He was right back maybe Babble like yeah, yeah. like he, he 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 didn't really have a huge part in that team. But that was what I know him from. Yeah, Elab Dalawi uh, I think could also play on right mid because I put him as an option there. Oh, okay. Def- definitely wasn't my. I think it right might mid, have said like right. <laughs> I think it might have said like right wing back, and that's maybe mm. why I didn't put him in at right back because I. Yeah, I felt I was stretching it a bit. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely not put him there, but I, I like that's where I've I've listed him just maybe just to bulk out the right mid pit like position more than right back where I clearly had a, a few options that I thought were okay. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to to go for Hallow if if you want later on, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not settled on Nort fight at all. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> well, we can we can decide that later. I think. Yeah. So into centre back is a, a little bit more familiar for you this time. Yeah, and actually, like, I feel like potentially I've gone for... Um, put it this way, if you want to make an argument for some some other players, I'll be willing to listen. Um, one of mine, I feel like, kind of had to be in there, and the other one, it was kind of a choice from actually a couple of options. Okay. But I've gone for Ronnie Johnson. I don't think that's Man United bias. In fact, I think... I could have quite easily put in two Man United players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and alongside him, I've gone for Breda Hangeland. Um, okay. So Jonsson, like, like I said, was the one that I felt kind of had to be in there. Um, 62 caps, three goals, over 150 appearances for Man United, winning three Premier Leagues, a Champions League and an FA Cup. Over 350 appearances in his career, played for Bajiktas, Villa and Newcastle as well. Possibly gets a bit unfairly done by Ronnie Jonsson. I mean, I think we said in the Dutch... Um, <laughs> Dutch <laughs> 11 that you could play Yapstam and anyone alongside him and it would be okay um, <laughs> Jonsson was kind of the person that played alongside Stam and it, you know what like although Stam was clearly a better player Jonsson I always thought was you know a good centre-back right like yeah yeah someone pretty steady to have alongside alongside Yapstam who was obviously incredible and that's reflected in, in what he achieved in his career. I do feel like during that time, you know, especially during the treble winning season, he was the first choice partner for Yap um, as centre-back ahead of some of the other players, you know, David May and maybe another one. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, maybe it's, maybe it's a bit of Man United bias, but I felt like compared to the other ones, like sort of on the list, he was probably the only one that was really proven at the very top level as a first choice. I think um, he started and, both both finals, didn't he, in that treble? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, like it, it, he was like the main centre back of, of like to go with Stam. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and alongside him, I went for Breda Hangel. And now this is the one that I would be a bit more willing to swap out. Um, but I decided to go for this kind of on what I knew. Um, Hangland, 91 caps for Norway, uh, four goals, mainly known for a spell at Fulham where he made over 250 appearances for them. I think he was there around that Hodgson era where they had a good run in the uh, Europa League. Over 500 appearances in his career, mainly played for Copenhagen, I think, but also um, uh, Crystal Palace. A, a, a good centre-back, I think. Uh, was sometimes linked with bigger clubs when he was, especially at Fulham. I think he was linked with Arsenal a few times. You know, big, strong, aerially dominant centre-half who was part of a Fulham team that, you know, were quite decent. Yeah, I, I think just he was probably the only other one that I felt I could say was actually impressive at Premier League level consistently. Mm. Um, like some of the others, I either didn't really see that much of or maybe were in more struggling teams or maybe weren't first team regulars. So that was kind of my thinking in Hangeland, like quite a steady option that, you know, I felt pretty comfortable putting in. Yeah, I totally agree with you because that's the duo I've gone with. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know whether picking Hangeland was sort of trying to offset the Man United bias because I didn't think that putting two Man United defenders in was justified enough considering that the, the other options that we had. Um, obviously, the other Man United one is Henningberg. Yes. Um, 100 caps for him. Obviously, the most capped out of all of these. Uh, nine goals. I don't remember him being a huge goal threat, but he yeah. must have been internationally. Um, yeah, three Premier League titles with him. I don't know if one of those was with Blackburn. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, an FA Cup, League Cup, and, you know, one of them biggie things that UEFA give out. Yeah, I, I really like Henningberg, but he was definitely your go-to backup yeah from that sort of like yeah 90 yeah probably what 97 through to about 2003 i think he was with united yeah like he he, it was always stam and jonson or you know probably later on you maybe had like sylvestre and and o'shea like i I don't know how much they overlapped but like berg for me was always your go-to backup um, as opposed to your, your consistent star. Liked him, though, don't get me wrong. Um, whereas Hangeland, uh, yeah, especially at Fulham, at, at Palace as well, I guess, was always there in the team, week in, week out. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he's one of those players that, like, you know, was, was one of, like, an ever-present in a team at one point, but he seems mm. to, like, he, he gives off that impression that he would have been, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I went with Hangeland, a very imposing defender, yes. very opposing in either box. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I I thought he was a, a very key part of that Fulham team that I have a bit of a soft spot for. I thought they had a, a lot of good players. I think we've, we've mentioned a few others, like in, in previous episodes, Dempsey, Simon Davis. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it was it was just a, a nice little team, and it was it was it was good to see them do well in in Europe that season. So that yeah yeah, Hangland was was definitely the best one to go alongside Johnson, who for me also kind of had to be in in there as well. Um, yeah, such a key part of. of well, like like you, you've you've called it before, the you know the the best Premier League team ever. Yeah, big part of it. You, you can't knock that. So yeah, for, yeah, fan, fantastic defender. And it's I def, it's definitely not Man United bias to say that Johnson has to be in here. Well, I mean, if Johnson wasn't in there as well, it probably would be Henningberg in instead of him, right? Yes, who <laughs> yeah. was also a Man United <laughs> player. So I, I I don't think it's Man United bias. Yeah, and then it ultimately it was was between those three because the other three options I have that I really at least recognised they've got like nowhere near as many caps the mo- most cap one is, is Klaus Lundek Barn yeah um, 40 caps for him two goals uh, played with, with Southampton for yeah late 90s early noughties um, a long time yeah yeah he, he was, I think he made, maybe even club captain for a while mm. um, I, I, I don't know what happened with him but I seem to have a, a sort of recent memory of being there being like a BBC Sport article about him I don't know whether he ended up doing something after football or whatever like I, I, I can't remember what it was I read about him now but I don't want to say anything in case it was someone else who I'm thinking of <laughs> but yeah like he, he's, he's definitely in my, my recent memory but as good as he was for like that Southampton team uh, Hanglin definitely impressed more with the Fulham team that was arguably in the same sort of echelon yeah I mean I think like we said last week with um Anders Svensson and Southampton it was mm. the same Southampton team it, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily like a brilliant Southampton team from memory. And yeah. uh, that was kind of what, like I said, that Fulham team in my memory, I remember it with a, you know, I remember being a much better team. So that's kind of why, 
Lundekvam, who was a mainstay in that Southampton team, wasn't on the same level as ha- uh, Hangelin for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Erland Jonsson, I don't know whether he's related to Ronnie, um, is an older one, played for, I, I think I've got Chelsea written down here, because he won a, an FA Cup, yeah, between like the, the mid-90s, 24 caps. Did win a couple of Bundesliga, so I don't know who he was with there. Probably Bayern Munich, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he, he played at you know at a couple of good teams, but 24 caps, even if you're playing for Bayern Munich and Chelsea. Even Chelsea in the 90s were t- not title contenders, but trophy contenders. To only have 24 caps, not a great sign. I'll, I'll chuck in Bjorn Otto Bragstad because I liked his name. He was at Derby that I know of for a season. Uh, 15 caps for him. Can't really say much about him, but you mentioned sticker books earlier. I remember having a sticker book sticker of him. Um, he, he looked a bit like a, a meathead, so I, I wanted to mention him in case he came after me. Yeah, I, I'll chuck in... Is it Bjorn Kvame? I think he was another one who yeah. was part of that Liverpool team. That Yeah, he was a, a squad player on rotation, I guess, but... A, a name that I definitely recognise, but that's kind of about it. Other other than those big three, yeah, the, the competition's not up there, is it? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I have some other names that I I can't even really remember, like who they were, so I I won't even even mention them. Fair. fair. <laughs> uh, so moving into left back, slightly easier choice uh, for you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um... I mean, I, I, I don't want to say too easy because there is another player who I actually kind of rate quite oh, highly. Okay. But the the obvious one. Oh yeah, to be fair, I've got two. I've got two names. Down. Yeah, two two names with three names each. Um, yes. Yeah. The 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 main one is Jonana Risa. Mm. Pretty obvious, I'd say. Uh, for a, a, a period, probably one of the best left backs in the league. Very good going forward. Very lethal with a free kick. Ask Alan Smith. Came back and played for Fulham, I think, actually, didn't he, for yes. a little while. Yeah, 110 caps for him. I don't know if he's Norway's most caps player, but he's definitely one that I've got listed who's got the most caps. 16 goals. So from left back, not a bad return. No. Part, part of that Liverpool team, you know, won FA Cup, League Cup. Uh, it won the Champions League, he was there you know, during that, that period, like 2005, 2007. I think he probably played in both of those finals. Yeah, just just a, a lethal player, basically, from from... from you know whether you were going up against him or he was going up against you yeah keep keep out his way <laughs> but yeah one one that one that i always liked and yeah like i said i yeah definitely one one of the better left backs in the premier league during his peak for liverpool team that unfortunately he actually won quite a fair bit with but no no league titles no league titles yeah. well no he, he won a league title in france but yeah not with him well yeah as long as it's not with Liverpool yeah like like I said sort of one of the first names you kind of think of when you think about Norwegian Premier League players isn't he really John Arnarisa I I guess especially if you're a Liverpool fan um, probably is the first name Um, considering all the other Liverpool players we've mentioned (laughs) yeah (laughs) well yeah but he you know he's the one that really does stand out Um, like I said obviously played for a couple of different clubs around Europe you know Roma really good level so um he was kind of going in there but like i like i sort of alluded to actually it wasn't it was i don't know it was pretty straightforward but there was also sig inga bjornaby mm-hmm. is that how you say that um 76 yeah. caps one goal also played for liverpool where he won a league cup over 180 appearances for them uh over 350 appearances in his career um including a spell at blackburn where he also won another league cup with them um, I'm going to be honest, I think he may have been a bit before my time because I don't really recognise the name. So for me, when I was thinking of the team before I researched it, it was very much, oh, John Arnarisa. And then when I looked, when I found him, it was like, oh, OK, it's not just going to be John Arnarisa, it's going to be this guy as well. Um, I don't know whether maybe he was part of that Liverpool team like more of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know how much he, he was like in the Liverpool team because um, like you say, it was a bit before the time that I really followed football. But I definitely remember him being at Blackburn with, you know, like, uh, that sort of like, yeah, we'll, we'll mention him again, Damien Duff, David Dunn, that, that sort of team, you know, that came up from, from like, the, it was probably the first division back then, wasn't it? Like, early 2000s and, yeah, established themselves in the Premier League. He was um, definitely part of that, like, unit that I know of. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was he was probably a better left-back option than some of the centre-backs that we've mentioned would be. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame that he has Reese ahead of him. Otherwise, he'd still be a, a good option for this team. Did you have any other names at all? I had one, and okay. I kind of only 
recognise it because it doesn't sound Norwegian in the slightest. Um, Jonathan Parr. Yeah. Don't know where his parentage comes from, but um, yeah, I, I think it just stands out because he goes, oh, he's Norwegian. He goes, no, he's not. <laughs> There's quite a few Scandinavian players that, with names like that, um, aren't there? Like, <laughs> I think when I was researching Denmark, I mean, obviously, Denmark have Martin Braithwaite. Yeah. Who I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like a Danish name. Um, so yeah, they always catch me out a little bit. So we're uh, into midfield. Would you like to do our central pairing? I would. And although there are some okay names in here, I was a bit stuck for top quality options. I'm not going to lie. Usually central midfield. I find we usually like that's one of the areas where we usually have quite a lot, of, quite a lot of names, mm. um, or at least it has been in recent weeks. But I ended up going for a midfield partnership of Eric Backer, who I think you mentioned previously when you were talking about uh, Leeds, um, twenty-seven caps, uh, no goals for Eric Backer, very injury-struck uh, player. But when he did play, you know, I, he obviously played for Leeds um, over two hundred, well, uh, around two hundred times. I actually got have that down that he made over 200 appearances uh, for Leeds and Aston Villa but I think 90% of those were for Leeds um, <laughs> when, when he did have that spell in that Leeds team it was obviously a very good Leeds team for a lot of the time and he was an important part of it but he did have a lot of injuries I remember especially sort of when he left Leeds I think basically his career ended due to injury but he was quite a talented player I can't really say exactly what sort of player he was um I think maybe a deeper lying player, but with a bit of technical ability. You know, he definitely wasn't a bruiser in my head. Mm. Um, and alongside him, I've gone for another player who, in again, was maybe a bit before my time, but I kind of have as being quite a versatile player, so I don't know whether he could have played in other positions as well. But Oivin Leonardson, um, which mm. is quite a famous name. Again, I think, like, even if you're like me and you don't necessarily picture him playing in your head, it's a name you recognise. Um, 86 caps, 19 goals, um, played for Wimbledon uh, over 70 times in the league, went on to play for Liverpool and Tottenham as well, um, over 400 appearances in his career. Like I said, probably a bit of a reputation one for me where I can't really tell you too much about him other than maybe in my head he could play a couple of different positions. But, you know, the name stands out, doesn't it, when when you're thinking about Norwegian players in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, Leonardson was always one of those ones that I I liked, even if it was just for his name as well. Another good name for for my um my record books. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go with Backer, but I can understand why you did. Um, like I said, my dad was a Leeds fan. Backer was one of those players that I always just knew of. I I, I probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I'm not entirely sure what he looks like, but I know the name and I know that he was part of a, a good Leeds team that was always up in that you know, top four sort of thing, Champions League semis, like. Yeah, it was a good Leeds team and he was always a part of it, regardless of whether he was injured or not. Um, I didn't go with him because my defensive option, I went with Alexander Tetty. Oh, OK. He um, is he is probably my bench option. OK, OK. I, I, again, he, he's like, he, he's most known for, for like a Norwich team that has been up and down the yeah, Premier League Championship, Premier League Championship for the past uh, long. Um, but I... Thought he's always been pretty pretty reliable for for them. Um, he's got 34 caps, three goals, um, so maybe he's not necessarily in contention a huge amount for for Norway, considering he's been around for probably about a decade really now, isn't he? But yeah, I've I've always liked him. He's got a, a, a fair shot on him, and yeah, I think he's been for for like a bottom half Premier League team pretty consistent when I've I've seen him play, which is more than. I could say for some of the other options who I haven't really seen play, yeah, yeah, him, him with Leonardo, and like I think of Leonardo and definitely being a more attacking option. Um, like I don't know whether it was just appearance-wise, but I think he's more sort of like like the the Norwegian Jamie Redknapp. He was part of like the that Liverpool team, like with you know the cream suits and the the curtain oh. haircuts in the nineties. Yeah, he was part of that team before he did jump ship and and went on to Tottenham and. And they play with Jamie Medlock that was well, didn't he? Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, Leonardo's one I've always um, always liked. He's always been at, at, at you know top top Premier League teams really. So yeah, he, he forged a, a very good career for himself at a time where yeah everyone had a Norwegian. Um, yeah, so 
yeah, there's, there's a few other options. I, there, there's one who is very recent, who is very versatile. There's a lot to sort of come from him, I guess. Um, as he just recently joined the Premier League. Um, I think you called him the Norwegian Freddie Adu. Yes. Last week, I don't know whether that was joking or yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, Mar- Martin. I've put him in my team in another position. So. Oh, have you? Okay, I'll, I won't talk about him too much then. But I de- like, yeah, fair enough because he, he is a bit more versatile, isn't he? So I'll, I'll talk about others. I've got, I think it's La- Lars Boenen. I don't really know that, but oh, yeah. that name looks more sort of Finnish than it does Norwegian. But he apparently played in the Premier League between '94 and 2001. Can't really say what clubs with we got 49 caps and 10 goals so maybe it was a bit more of an attacking one it's not a name that i recognize immediately um but it's one that i have just put in here from research i did yeah i I can't say much about him and started his play didn't know he existed till i started doing this um there's one that i did know existed was joe tessum yeah who was part of that southampton team that we keep mentioning and i I was southampton and scandinavians man i know and liverpool um yeah i'd I'd, where's your southampton and liverpool in general are they the same club? They might as well be when you look at the players. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, like he was one that was part of that South, South, Southampton team, and I always liked him. Like it, it was him, like alongside Svensson, and yeah, yeah, it was, it was a nice little duo. Tesson was quite talented; he was quite tall, and yeah. But I, I don't understand how he's only got nine caps. How, yeah, like, I thought that was weird. I always thought he was like a, a really sort of prominent Norwegian player at the time, and maybe it was just yeah, maybe. Just because I had a soft spot for him, I thought he was better than he was. Maybe he wasn't as good as I thought. But, yeah, it, it just seems weird that he's only got nine caps when you look at, you know, some... Like, Eric Eric Backer's got 27. Obviously, he had a lot of injuries. But, like, that's, like, three times as many. And Tessum was, yeah, in the Premier I mean, League for, for Not years. that it would count against him, but I remember Tessum being, like, an incredibly versatile player, right? Like, mm. I've gone down as a central midfielder, but I feel like he also played, like, right back. But then also, like as a forward sometimes as well like I felt like he was one of those players that really you know almost like uh, the Southampton Southampton's version of Kevin Hill like he could kind of play all over the park yeah I was surprised to see he only had nine caps I mean I don't know whether it's one of those things that for me you know obviously we're the same age around that time we were obviously coming into our interest in football so those years probably in, in our head seem very prominent when actually, you know, I mean, over 100 appearances in the league for Southampton is, is, a, is a good achievement, but it's not as much, you know, he, he obviously wasn't there for 10 years playing week in and week out for them. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe it is a bit of nostalgia, and that's kind of why I didn't put him in my team. Yeah, maybe he just scored a couple of good goals, that sort of yeah. stick in your mind. I know, I know that Southampton team also had Fabrice Fernandez, and he scored like a, a belter once, and I think, oh, he was amazing, he was shit. But, like, yeah, so maybe it's that. The Lauren Robert factor. Yeah, exactly. Um, were there any others? Because I actually found quite a, a few that, well, yeah, weren't really in consideration. Uh, but I have a, a few that I can careers. mention. Um, probably one of the main ones, which I wasn't actually over, overly familiar with, um, was Stefan Johansson. Uh, who has 55 caps, six goals. I think he's currently at Fulham, but maybe on loan somewhere else. Um, but over 130 appearances for Fulham, probably quite a lot of those in the championship. Uh, and also played for Celtic, uh, where he obviously won SBLs because, you know, apart from this season, that's generally what Celtic do. Uh, <laughs> but he did win a, an SPL player, player of the year and a Celtic player of the year as well, which, you know, I guess shows individually that he has some talent. Mm. Uh, I also have uh, the lesser known Risa, uh, Bjorn Helga Risa, um, <laughs> who again I think was quite versatile and could maybe play in a couple of positions, but I've got him down here as a centre mid. Um, he had a short loan spell at Fulham, again, one of those clubs that seem to have quite a lot of Norwegians. Um, and Sander Berg, who's currently at uh, Sheffield United, who are obviously having an awful season. Um, but he came in sort of halfway through last season um, when Sheffield United were having a much better season and um, looked quite good for them, kind of helping them, you know, finish in the top half and, you know, have a very good season. Not really sure what's happened to him this season, whether he's not been playing or whether he's just been part of what's, you know, not a great yeah. <laughs> Sheffield United <laughs> team. But I thought he was worth a, worth a mention as a sort of newer name, as, you know, a lot of these names that we have are kind of, like, older, so... Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I've got a couple of older ones. I've got uh, Petter Rudy, um, who I think was at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Again, it's a team that I have a soft spot for, so maybe that's just where I know his name from. Um, and Stola Solbakken, apparently playing in Premier League. I know much more as a manager. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he played in Premier League. Must have been early 90s. But um, 
yeah, I, I, I must have not considered his stats as being particularly outstanding if he didn't get in as a mention over Bowen and who I hadn't heard of. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, those those were maybe the the other okay options. Um, I'll chuck in Alfinger Harland. You know, everyone knows the story with Roy Keane there, but yeah, again, an oh, older yeah. one. Don't think he was. Yeah, I, I, he might have been talented before he got injured, but yeah, he was definitely had a a career cut short, didn't he? From um, I yeah. actually had him written down as a centre half, but I wasn't going to mention him in in case because I knew he could play centre half or midfield, um, yeah. and I wasn't going to mention him in case you mentioned him in midfield. Yeah, again, I didn't know with him maybe a bit before my time. I didn't know whether it was sort of his son's exploits that made his name stand out more, um, <laughs> or just the fact that Roy Keane like kneecapped him. Um, <laughs> to say to Roy though, not that you know Roy's never been um, known for his violent temperament but um there was a story to that of how uh when Roy Keane really badly I think he injured his cruciate or something really badly and was out for mm. like a season but like he injured it in a game up against Hink- ha- uh, Harland and Harland got in his face like shouting at him when he was down with this really bad injury and apparently that's why Keane basically went out and did him yeah, um, yeah. so there is a bit of a bit of a backstory that's not just Roy Keane's an absolute mentalist I mean he is but you know um at least he had some motive, I guess. Does that make it better? I don't know if it does. <laughs> I don't know if it does, but you know, there was there was there was provocation. Um, <laughs> moving moving on to our our wing positions. Um, obviously, I mentioned that I I went for Martin Odegaard in one of these positions. Well, I put him on the right hand side. Who did you go for instead? I have done what I think we've started to term a Ravinelli. Yep. Um, it's someone who is more known as a striker, as is his brother. But when I was researching this, um, at least for Norway internationally, um, they played him more out on the right. Um, and it's Jostein Flo. Oh, OK. Um, oh, yeah, in... actually, do I have him? Ri- I do have him written down. Yeah, he, I, 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 I always knew him as a striker. But when I was researching this, I was like, ah, that's extremely handy. <laughs> um, yeah. Played for a season in the Premier League between 93 and 94. Um, 53 catch for him, 11 goals. So maybe there's some, you know, substantial there in, in that is, you know, his, his return isn't necessarily that high. But yeah, from what I read is that he, he played out on the right for, for Norway and was kind of a wide target man for them. Like they, they, they'd ping the ball up and he'd head it back inside for someone. Like obviously the flow was both pretty tall. But that, like, I think they called it the flow pass, which is like their... You know their their version of Tiki Taco, I guess, the Norwegians. Um, so yeah, that that was that was who I went with. I can't say a huge amount about him. I, I knew of him. Obviously, you 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 know the name Flo just from you know football in a way. If, if you don't, you're a mug. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, like that's who I went with. I completely understand the Odegaard thing. He is could play across the entire midfield if you wanted him to. Um, but yeah, younger. Yeah, there's potential for him to really go downhill more than he has done from his fantastic promise that he started off with. But I went with Flo just on the fact that I found out that he could play there and it's um, an an older player that I could squeeze in that would be mentioned. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I actually, I do have Flo down as a right-sided option because I read the same thing as you did, obviously. (laughs) He could play there and I needed some some options on my right-hand side. I, I went for Odegaard in the end. I mean, I don't want to say it's recency bias, but it's one of those things where, or or me buying into hype, but it's one of those things where there weren't a lot of great, you know, if there had been a really established Premier League option or even top flight option, I would have probably gone for them over Odegaard because obviously a lot of it, you're talking about his talent. Mm. But like, I just felt there wasn't really that. And therefore I felt I had, you know, I had to sort of put Odegaard in somewhere. 25 caps, one goal, like you said, can play in a number of diff- different positions. Has obviously gone to Arsenal. Um, where he's, I think he's doing pretty well there. I mean, Arsenal having a very inconsistent season, but I think they've been impressed with him. Over 200 appearances in his career, 30-odd goals. Um, obviously been at Real Madrid where he's not really played, um, but has had a couple of good loan spells away from them, especially at Sociedad, which I think was last season. Going an Eredivisie team of the year. Yeah, I just felt like, even if it's just on the basis of his talent, I didn't feel like there were another enough good other options to not include him on the basis of his talent like how often does you know i mean i, I know i called him the norwegian freddie a d um but like how often does norway have that kind of a talent right 
like yeah, yeah. that is scouted by Real Madrid and Manchester United and all of those massive clubs. So I kind of felt like with no better options for me, he kind of deserved to be in there. I mean, the other options I had, uh, Jostin Flo was one of them. Daniel Bright- Bratton. Yeah, um, yeah. Who was probably the closest one to me to knocking Odegaard out because he had 50-odd caps and over 500 career appearances, um, including Rosenberg, Toulouse, Copenhagen um, and Bolton, where he had a very, very short spell. But again, if, if Bratton had been more of a success at Bolton, maybe I would have included him. But I just felt Odegaard just, just edged it on the fact that this is a talent that, you know, I mean, any, I know we often Arsenal bash on this show, but <laughs> a talent that can play for clubs like Real Madrid and Arsenal. Like, whereas I don't think you can necessarily say that of the other players I had. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's sort of just a, a contrast of, of styles, isn't it? Odegaard is, is very arguably the most sort of naturally gifted player in this list. Like, yeah, it, you know, in, ter- in terms of like, you know, natural ability. Um, whereas Flo, it, you know, the the it's just, it's just brute force target man sort of football, isn't it? Route one. So it's, it, it's, it's such a, a contrast of styles. Um, yeah, Brighton was the other sort of out-and-out right-sided one that I had. Very sort of direct player, I thought. Um, it was a name that I definitely recognised, and when, I, when he came to Bolton, I was like, oh, OK, because it was around that sort of time where they were just coming off the back of, like, the Akotchen Hierro years. Um, and it was like, oh, OK, yeah, he, he, yeah, he might be a, a bit of a, an option for them, but never really worked out for him there. And, yeah, I think he said he, he played more for Copenhagen, so that was maybe more his level. But, yeah, I, it's a player that I knew of, at least, when, when he did come to England, so that says something for... Yeah, well, where he where he was at at the time. Um, I'm 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 happy if if you really want to argue Odegaard because, yeah, the the flow thing. I I would have maybe gone Odegaard if I didn't learn about the the flow pass. Um, so yeah, the, yeah, it, it's um, yeah, which, which whichever style you prefer, we'll, we'll, I think we'll go with there. But um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a, a, a variety of, of options yeah, for tactical yeah. reasons, isn't it? <laughs> And uh, what about the the left side? Because um, you clearly didn't put Odegaard there, because you said he, he could have done. But um... well, yeah, I could have put him there. Um, <laughs> I went for again another one of the names that for me really stands out, and not just because it's a name that you, there's been quite a few of players of this name in the in the Premier League. Um, I went for Morton Gamps Pedersen. Yeah, um, yeah. Eighty three caps, seventeen goals. So again, one of the you know, well, one of the highest amounts of caps on this list. I mean, a, a fair amount of. A fair goal return for a wide player as well. I'm obviously well known for his spell at Blackburn Rovers where he made uh, 349 appearances and scored 47 goals. Again, for a wide player, you know, not bad. Um, I do think he was known, you know, he was quite infamous for a, for a particular dive. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, maybe uh, YouTube Morgan um, Morton Camps Pedersen dive. It is quite funny. Um, but over 600 appearances in his career, um, again, I think mainly as- apart from Blackburn, he mainly played sort of in in Scandinavia. I know he played for Rosenberg, where he won a couple of, um, where he won a Nor- Norwegian league and a cup as well there. Yeah, like I said, he was one of the ones that like, maybe it's just the era of football that I, I sort of grew up watching, but he's one of the ones that really stood out for me. Um, and he's got to be one of the only players on this list that's made that many um, appearances for an English side, or at least, you know, ahead of players like Bratton and, you know, Flo, who 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 didn't make that many appearances for an English side. Oh, Jostin Flo, I'm referring to. Mm. Um, you know, he, he was at a Blackburn Rovers side, which was in the Premier League for a long time. Um, and a Blackburn Rovers side that at points, you know, under like Mark Hughes and stuff, was decent and then eventually sort of tailed off and ended up getting relegated. But um, yeah, a, 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 he had a cracking goal in him, didn't he, uh, Pedersen? Like a, a great left foot, quite pacey, never quite threatened to you know get picked up by a bigger side but always a very good player for Blackburn so um yeah it was it was a as he was like an out and out left winger it was a pretty obvious choice for me yeah yeah there was always going to be a place in this team for for Pedersen for me he's like one of those ones that is just yeah like you say it might have been at the time just like it was you know, when when we were just getting to our like formative years and really enjoying football um it might have just been that he was doing well at the time but like I, I know the sort of modern nowadays like thing to say is like the streets will never forget and it tends to be like Michu or like you know Graziano Pella one season wonders like Pedersen it's like one of those ones that like I think the streets have forgotten like how, yeah. how good a like solid Premier League player he was and just like yeah I had a cracking shot in him had pace it was 
Um, I mean, like you say, he wasn't picked up by a bigger club, but there was definitely plenty of transfer rumours that he would have been. Um, but maybe they just didn't go in for him. Maybe there was just something missing from his overall game that did. Yeah, you know, he, he didn't get that step up. But for a Blackburn team that was, I mean, you know, they, I don't know where they, they finished. Maybe like seventh or eighth or something. But they they were like in that contention during that period. He was probably their star player. Let's be honest. Like he he was you know, always a goal threat. Definitely created. Yeah, he was one of those ones that you always, I mean, especially as Man United fans, always kind of sort of were nervous of, of facing. Um, so, yeah, it, it, he definitely had to be in this, this this team for me, just just based on that. Um, but, yeah, 83 caps, 17 goals, that's, that's a, 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 a substantial international career, let's be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, at, at least compared to the competition, um, the other ones I had as the closest one is maybe someone you've considered as a forward, but for me is... A little bit better sitting back. It's also someone who's got a lot, of, you know, someone who's, who's got a surname that a lot of other players have had in the Premier League, and that's Josh King. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, I put him as a left wing option as well, but thought you'd probably have him as a striker. And we've got a lot of good striking options here, so I yeah. think he's he's closer to Austin Pedersen than he is any of the others I've got up front. I'll be honest. Um, been in the Premier League since 2015. Um, obviously, mentioned him for Bournemouth. I think he's at Everton now. I don't know whether that's yeah. a loan or permanent deal haven't really seen him play much for them so no. I don't know how how big a deal he's been there obviously started off at United as well so there's maybe yeah, a little of a soft spot for him there but did have a, a good couple of seasons with with Bournemouth right at the end of their the Premier League um, life they could be back up soon who knows uh, 51 cap 17 goals so clearly plays I mean, you could put him as a number ten, that kind of thing, but I, I, I don't think of him as being an out and out striker. For like that, like that Bournemouth team, like you had Wilson was like the the striker, and like King and Stanislas were just whoever was going to be filling in the gap. And King just sort of stepped up at times where Wilson was injured. I seem to remember him having a season where he maybe scored like 15, 16 goals in the Premier League, yeah. which is which was a very good return for him. It wasn't like that's his baseline, like that that was him being well above what he normally does. So yeah. I, I, I like him as a creator, um, so that's why I put him as a, a left midfield option. But I really don't think he was um, at least consistent enough to, to match Pedersen's Premier League uh, run. Yeah, the, the other one I have is um, uh, Mohamed El Yunusi, mm-hmm. uh, who had a season I, I kind of think he was with now. Um, yeah, I think he played in Scotland a lot as well. I think he's got an SPL title. That he played for him in the Premier League. Southampton, okay, so clearly didn't make a huge mark there for you. And he lasted a season, 27 caps for him. Yeah, the King must be above him in Norway's thinking recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like Josh King as well. He was obviously uh, linked to a return to Man United sort of around a year ago when we ended up getting Igalo on loan instead. Goes to show sort of, okay, I know sort of, you know, we, we weren't necessarily picking the cream of the crop strikers, but like goes to show like how well thought of he was at Bournemouth and you know like you said maybe not a goal scorer but a player who works very hard for the team um, you know runs the channels holds the ball up well I would have liked to have seen him come back to United even if it was just as a squad player but um, yeah I'm, I'm glad we got a mention for him so um, up front you meant you've alluded to the fact that we have quite a lot of good options who did you end up going for? I went with, and yeah, I've, I've mentioned him a, a couple of times already. Uh, Torrey Andre Flo. Yeah. Target man, huge player, massive for Chelsea, massive for Norway, massive when he's not even on the pitch. I think he's about six foot eight or something stupid. Yeah. Um, kind of an iconic player, I guess, for for at least for us growing up in like the nineties through to the, yeah. the, the noughties. Like, yeah, it, uh, Norway at the time. They might be back now, it with you know some of the players that they've got. But like at the time, they were always in like the Euros and the World Cups, so you, you got to see their players a lot more. And and Ty Andre Flo was like one of their big stars. Like he he, he, he had such a like it, it's weird to say because obviously he wasn't like you know one of the best in the world. But like it's one of those players that's got an aura around him. I think. Um, yeah. And that, that that yeah. So that, that's just. Uh, there was, there was, there was, he was always going to be in here for me. I don't know whether I'm just thinking it like maybe it is some rose tinted glasses. Maybe it is just like the the sort of childhood innocence that I had of, of, of seeing like it, you know, this type of player. But like 
yeah, that, that's who Tori Andrew Flo is for me. 76 caps, 23 goals, obviously mentioned his brother. Uh, won an FA Cup, a League Cup, Cup Winners' Cup. He must have been at that Chelsea team during that period where they were always in contention for, for trophies. So that helps ingrain a, a player into your mind if, if they're, you know, you, you see him in the FA Cup finals a fair bit. So, you know, that's, that's, that's mm. going to be uh, a, a point that you go, OK, this player's quite good. So yeah, he, he was always going to be in this team. Alongside him, I went with someone who I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's um, it's the the three three names. There's a lot of three named Norwegian players, but it's the three names that um, every Manchester United fan knows. And it's Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Um, I'm, I'm glad you put him in because part of me, when we started to move into the forwards. <laughs> I felt that you were going to go, oh, I put him on the bench because he was a super sub and I was going to be like really annoyed at you. <laughs> well, he, he was he was all right off the bench, I guess. Um, that, yeah, obviously, the you know, the babyface assassin, the, the Champions League winner, the, the four goals off the bench just because he fancied a, a 20 minute run out. You know, it, oh, yeah, just just such a such an iconic player for Man United for over a decade, let's be honest. I mean, he, yeah. he's... Yes, came in out of nowhere and you know, established himself in one of the best attacks in the Premier League, arguably even the world at the time. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it was such such a key part of that massively successful period. And yeah, we I mean we brought in Teddy Sheringham. We didn't need to bring in Teddy Sheringham. We had Solskjaer, but like yeah, we brought in Dwight York. We didn't need Dwight York. We had Solskjaer, but it was such a like a fantastic attacking unit and. You could start any of them as, as a duo. You, you could bring any duo of them off the yeah. bench, and they'd still just be so consistent. And like, you know, you, you look through and like the stats, like how consistent Solskjaer, like his stats were from like literally day one, like his first season that he came in, it was just like bang them in just for fun. Sixty-seven caps, twenty-three goals for him. So same amount of international goals as Flo, but nine fewer caps, more consistent there. Six Premier League titles, two FA Cups, Champions League. And he even got, you know, towards the end of his career, he didn't play a huge amount for United because he did have a, a massive long-term injury. I think there was even an entire season where he didn't play at all, um, but still came back. Um, I think it may have even been the season that we had Henry Glass on loan. Um, came back and it was his last season and still came and like, hit double figures, at, like, you know, in, you know, going into his 30s and after a massive injury and was still a huge part of another, another Premier League win. Um, which obviously yeah, the following season led on to another Champions League win. So, yeah, it, it, as, as much as I'd like to say, oh yeah, he's he's a sub and you know super sub, and here's the tactical side of it. Like, ultimately, he is a, like a, a much better player than the other options, especially to go alongside Flo. I think their yeah. styles of play really complement each other. Yeah, I mean, I went for those two as well. I don't know whether those two were the. Ob- I think they were the obvious two. Um, like you said, you know, you've covered Flo off really well. He's a, as a football fan, he started watching obviously late 90s, early noughties. He's a name that just stands out to me, you know, uh, Tori Andre Flo. Um, but Solskjaer for me obviously had to be in there. You know, I'm a Man United fan. I don't think it's bias. I do wonder, like, obviously he was a bit of a super sub, but I, I wonder whether that gets exaggerated because of the fact that he scored a goal off the bench in the Champions League final and four goals off the bench against Nottingham Forest. Um, <laughs> You know, he, he did start games for Manchester United as well and was a very prolific goal scorer. Like you said, 366 appearances, 126 goals for Man United. People may say, well, you know, that's not amazing, but you've got to remember that, especially after Ruud van Nistelrooy came in in the early noughties, Solskjaer did actually play from the right quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, especially at the point when Beckham fell out with Ferguson. Oli actually, <laughs> actually played, you know, almost from a, as a right winger before we got Ronaldo in. So he did have that versatility. He was always a team player, a good technical player as well. But probably a player who the best part of his game was his kind of intelligence. You know, he wasn't, you know, Paul Scholes. He wasn't Ryan Giggs. He wasn't David Beckham in terms of technique and ability. But what he did have was a great footballing brain, great movement. And he found himself in those positions. And when he found himself in those positions, generally he put the ball away. Um, yeah, terrific player. I I get you, and you know this because we talk about it a lot. I get really frustrated with Man United fans who are so abusive towards him as a manager like I understand people airing grievances and and being critical in a constructive way but you can't disrespect the guy for what he's done for Manchester United 
and even if you're just a fan fan of the Premier League, I think you've got to admit that, you know, like you said, he was on, you know, in an attack with the likes of Dwight York, Andy Cole, and Teddy Sheringham, and holding his own with those players. Like you can't <laughs> understand what a fantastic player he was. I did read as well that he apparently is the has the most Premier Leagues for a player outside of the UK. Um, wow. I don't know whether that's still correct because I found that quite surprising considering where the Premier League's gone. You know, you'd have thought that maybe some City players might, maybe, but actually six Premier Leagues, maybe that's not that surprising. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot of Premier League titles. I mean, he was he was there with us for like what was it, ten, maybe even eleven seasons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, during that time, was there two periods where we won three on the bounce? <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah there was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so that you know, that's it just goes to show, you know, what what a great player he was, and his his uh, Manchester United chant goes down as one of my favourite ones. So that that adds to his to him as well. Um, but like you said, there there were lots of good other options as well. Um, not just Solskjaer and Flo. I had John Carew. Who's a, a bit more of a recent one? Uh, I was say he's a personal favourite because I always thought you had a soft spot for John Carew. <laughs> well, I didn't. Sometimes I do like a target man, um, especially <laughs> you know from my LMA days, which John Carew would have been, you know, around that time. Ninety-one caps, twenty-four goals. Wasn't prolific striker, at least not in his time in the Premier League. One hundred thirty-one appearances, forty-eight goals for Villa. But he did have quite a good career, actually. 492 appearances, 173 goals. Played for Valencia, where he won a La Liga with them. Roma. Lyon, where he won Ligue 1. Bajiktas, a few other clubs as well. Probably just... I, th- I think he had that whole thing of... <laughs> Bambi on ice. It was a <laughs> phrase, I think, referred to John Carew once. It's a bit awkward and a bit clumsy. But, yeah, he was, um, a, you know, a, a good target man for, for a decent Villa side. Not quite the level of flow. But um, wouldn't have been a bad, a bad option if we 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 hadn't had flow. I had two other names as well. Um, a personal favourite, Stefan Everson, uh, 79 caps, 21 goals for him. Uh, mainly known for a spell at Spurs, where he made 178 appearances, 47 goals, and won a League Cup with them. Maybe again a bit of nostalgia from that specific era of the Premier League. But I always liked Everson. I always thought he was like part of quite a good Tottenham attack. Um, and the other one I have. Weirdly, I mainly know, I think he's sort of like, uh, he's kind of the Norwegian Fabrizio Romano now, I think, kind of in terms of like uh, sort of uh, football journalism, um, is Jan Aga Fjortoft. Um, yeah, yeah. He made 71 caps, 20 goals for Norway, a, a spell with um, Barra, where I think he won the first division back when that was what the championship is now. 500 odd appearances in his career, 200 odd goals, so a pretty good, good return. Clubs like Sheffield United, Barnsley, Eintracht Frankfurt in Germany. I see him quite a lot on Twitter, sort of defending Solskjaer from sort of the angry mob that seems to descend every time United concede a goal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, apparently had quite a good career. Not one I can talk about massively, so I'd have probably gone for Carew or Everson over him. But you know, his record, his record does stand out as being at least decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're tops one, that is like for me is when when like the Premier League was just coming into its like existence and like ev- every team bought a Norwegian like he was one of the, the first big ones to come in and like be successful at like like you say Barnes I think he was maybe even at Swindon um oh. it's it, you know what those, those teams I mean like we said with um Gunnar Hallen being at Oldham it's those teams that are definitely nowhere near the Premier League anymore but were back in the, the early 90s like yeah they're, they're 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 key players for them and yeah they 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 at the time, the Premier League wasn't the big global product that it is now, where you can bring in Argentinians and Spanish players, and you know, and anyone who's anyone really wants to play in the Premier League to prove themselves. This was, a, a, you know, developing top flight, and the main thing you could really bring in was Norwegian players, Swedish players, Danish players. Like that, that was where the sort of market was for players who might want to up their game and prove themselves in a in a slightly bigger league and uh Fjortov was one of those players that did come over and did do very well for some struggling Premier League teams so it's before our time but we can definitely associate him with other players who have done similar things more recently um so you can definitely appreciate what he's done there I'd maybe go Carew over Everson um just on yeah, personal, personal preference well, yeah. um but yeah, Everson's another one who I kind of liked. Uh, was actually kind of like the better part of that Tottenham attack, whereas like Rebrov 
wasn't. Um, at the same time, we <laughs> mentioned him in our USSL episode. Yeah, I don't even think he got in the team there. Um, Everson probably has more of a chance of getting here, but I do think Carew is more the type of player that I like. I'll chuck in a couple of other mentions who were maybe close to, you know, looking at the bench, but probably not. Egil Erstenstadt is one who maybe a little bit more before my time, but I seem to remember him playing in uh, Southampton 6, Man United 3. And he scored a hat-trick in that, but then a couple of weeks down the line, the dubious goals committee took one of those goals off him and gave it as an own goal to Phil Neville. Um, that was the only hat-trick he scored in the Premier League, but it didn't even count. But I want to just give him a, a mention for that because he should have a Premier League hat-trick. It was probably one of those ones that was just like, eh, dubious, dubious decision. But yeah, so 18 caps, six goals, not a huge return, but he did win a League Cup as well. Uh, I think that was with Blackburn. I think he was there um, early noughties as well. I'll throw in Eric Neverland for maybe Man United bias. He played like twice for us. Um, <laughs> again, he, he was one of those ones that was part of that Fulham team um, that yeah picked up a load of Norwegians and got to a yeah, yeah Europa League final. He was I think he was there at that time as well. There's a couple of others, but... Yeah, those those are maybe the ones that at least stand out to me as being all right at Premier League level, whereas some of the others may have, have done better in other leagues, but not necessarily in England. Yeah, I mean, Alexander Sorloth is definitely one of those uh, that has done better outside of the Premier League. I, I mentioned him mainly, you know, a spell at Crystal Palace, but um, I mentioned him mainly because he went um, on loan. I'm not entirely sure where, but did very, very well. You know, outside of the Premier League, I think he was. We were even linked with him maybe <laughs> last January, and then he's gone to Leipzig. Um, I think last summer, and then hasn't really set the world on fire in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, there's quite a few in that mould who maybe have done better in sort of the smaller leagues around Europe, and then not really managed it at, at the bigger leagues. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I've got I've got Diamand written down. I can't remember what his first yeah. name is. Um, I think he was at Hull, um, which. It's not the the best indication, is it? I think he's maybe even the, like the MLS now. So um, yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it was it was probably players I didn't know. So um, yeah, I think that, that rounds off everyone I've I've got listed. <laughs> so going through the team, uh, sort of from back to front, Eric Thorsvet. We both agreed on the him as our goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Who are we going at right back? Uh, it was Harvard Norvite or Gunnar Haller. I'm not married to Northvite in any way, so if you want Haller for... Um... I'm not married to Haller either, but um, I reckon, <laughs> I don't know. For me, he was the better option in terms of being like an out-and-out right-back, even though I wasn't very familiar with him. <laughs> yeah, because Northvite can also play like defensive mid or even centre-back. So yeah, if we want to go career right-back, we'll go career right-back and go Haller. Perfect. Jonsson and Hangeland, straightforward at centre-back. John mm. Arnarisa at left-back. Centre mid, Backer or Tetty? Do you want to go with Tetty? I, th- I think given that Leonardson is a bit more attacking, then Tetty's definitely more of like a, a defensive one. So as much as I like, I like Backer. Um, he can be a bench option. Yeah, we can put um, uh, Tetty alongside Leonardson with Odegaard on the right. No, uh, yeah, should we go Odegaard over Flo? I think so. Yeah, yeah. If, if we're going on like individual talent, then yeah, I, th- I think Odegaard definitely. Pips flow there. And then Pedersen on the left with Solskjaer and Flo up front. Our bench, uh, Thomas Myra, we basically agreed on. Mm-hmm. Hedingberg, I, I think, think we Berg, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we can have Eric Becker as the sub midfielder. Mm-hmm. And John Carew, I think, as a sub striker. That works. <laughs> Perfect. So, I mean, who's a captain? Uh, probably for me. Oh, God. I hadn't written anyone down, but I guess Hangeland? But yeah, probably Hangeland. Probably it's always good to have a centre-back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but Jonsson, I don't know whether he ever captained United, so I'd probably go Hangeland because I know he did Fulham. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Perfect. Is it my turn to decide what we're doing next week? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've done a couple of Scandinavian teams now, right? We did Sweden. We, mm-hmm. This is Norway. I reckon we, we complete the hat-trick um, <laughs> and go for, go for Denmark. Are you rubbing um, that in Edgar Wilson's yeah. uh, face though? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, complete the hat-trick, unlike, and then I forgot what his name was. Um, but yeah, complete the hat-trick, uh, go for Denmark. Um, I've actually already prepped my Denmark team, and I think it's potentially the strongest of these three. Um, hard to say when you've obviously had a Swedish team with Zlatan, 
and even they the are Norwegian the one that's actually won the Euros out of the three, aren't they? So uh, I can understand that. Um, even though surprisingly, there were a couple of that team that got in in my team, obviously. But actually, like, there's a lot of players since then as well who who are in there. This Norwegian team probably the weakest of the three, I would say, but still some good players. So it'll be interesting to see Denmark. I think there's a lot of options, and maybe we will have times where maybe we've disagreed on a couple of players um, and ha- have to sort of work that out. But um, yeah, I think that one will be a, a lot stronger than the Norwegian team this week. Yeah, and I think Norway is. A, there's a lot of players that we've got soft spots for, but not necessarily a lot of like legend type players, are there? So apart from soft Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to our Norwegian 11 and will join us next episode for our Denmark 11. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening and join us next time.